and welcome to another episode of the Y Hockey Periodical Podcast. And Tommy, I want to start by saying that the Panthers are not named correctly. It's a weird thing to start off with, but I saw a map uh, on Twitter. It was one of those, you know, regions. It should be like Miami Panthers? No, no, not Miami Panthers. We know that Wayne Huizenga hated calling anything Miami because he actually liked Broward. He had friends in county government or something, and that's why the Panthers still play at Sunrise. Panthers. Well, the Broward Panthers. It wouldn't make sense, right? You know, only only the other team in Florida that I happen to like can get away with basically branding themselves as a county. Uh, that's the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But this map, it has all the regions you expect, New England, Midwest, South, stuff like that. But for the Florida Peninsula, colored in gray, you can look at my timeline to find this, Cuban Meth Gators. Well, that's very Florida person. Hashtag so. Florida, man. Yeah. Hashtag Florida Man. They play a little bit too north, I guess, of the Cubans. You know, they're not in Dade, so... I don't know. But I like Meth Gators. You could really... Um, play up that logo. You can get you can get really cartoony with it. You could have Breaking Bad Night. You know, you could, you could do some... The jersey would have to have a white stripe on it. I bet you they'd still use some terrible baby blue, though. <laughs> I bet they would. You and and a they circle actually... logo. Yeah, and yeah. A circle do you remember blue. when they uh, used to have like those wear your blue nights, which was the weirdest thing ever, because the Panthers are not a team that should be playing in blue ever. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of what Florida does is antithetical to what a successful business and sports franchise crap, does i mean, I mean <laughs> that that is proven by how many new routines florida has this year that you see on twitter that like you know division one and most like pro and nhl teams are in the habit of doing it's like oh this is the first time the florida panthers have been doing this in a while or ever and ah, it's like oh yeah i can understand the panthers have finally yeah. reached a level that isn't double-A baseball. Yeah, it's like... Just like the way they talk about like the pace and practice and how they do like little things like, you know, the last one in has to take a lap or, you know, the practice starts with the meeting with the coach at center ice or something like that every time. And it's like, all right, that's kind of standard. Although I wish that uh, the Panthers did what the Hurricanes did when they completed their trade recently and they didn't have a nameplate yet for Joel Edmondson. We'll talk about this trade in a bit, but... The nameplate just said new guy. The, the Hurricanes are becoming more likable every single well, day. It's frustrating. I, I I mean, yes. I think that works in the short term. And I think Florida has done that in short periods of time on a smaller scale and a less, you know, creative and, and likable scale. You know, when you right, yeah, yeah. Goalies yeah. in a night, you have Linda sure, sure. to be a goalie but, for a night. Yeah, and the spacing and space and some things like that. Yeah, sure. But the thing is, when you don't deliver on the actual purpose of the product, which is to win and, and or deliver, you know, an entertaining product, um, if you don't can't deliver that, then it just fades away. You can't, you can't really profit off of it long term or get the reward or gain off it long term because it just it just fades and with how how used to florida or how used to fading the florida market is it doesn't take much it doesn't take long for that to go away so you know yeah this is definitely true but i should say this at least the panthers aren't having to cover their 
rear ends because their captain or to be captain had a legal incident and then didn't tell the team until four months later. Well, I would be shocked if he actually didn't tell the team until four months later. Can I say something about Austin Matthews first before we actually move into Panthers talk? Sure. Okay. You know I have said, you know our friend Brock McGillis has said a lot about hockey culture and how it's not very good, right? Yeah. Nobody's talked how this is a 100% product of hockey culture gone wrong. I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's a culture that um, rewards keeping like kids in an arrested development and then they grow into young men in an arrested development stage and they just you know i mean it's kind of like you know just it's it's, potty humor gone on steroids and and grown men bodies out in public and with the confidence of i can do what i want and we saw it with we saw it with Giroux. we saw it with you know we you see it all the time and it's not island well, yeah, I mean, like, it's not sec- It's not mutually exclusive to, to the sport of hockey. I mean, it happens in any place where a group of people are very isolated and um, don't, yeah, insular, and you know, there's not much repercussions and there's not much. Well, it's the it's the culmination uh, of oversight. Of- I mean, there's a big cocaine issue in the league, and that you know, every once in a while, will rear its ugly head. Jared Stahl, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and we we kind of like talk about it, or like there will be a few people who tweet about it, and then you know, you just kind of move on, and they don't change their testing policy, they don't really change anything. Uh, there's a steroid issue, and you know, Nate Schmidt is you know doing an article saying how he hopes that this will help them lower the threshold for testing and, and do less testing and things around steroid use. And it's like, you know, we got to be going the other way with that kind of stuff. But that's just the way it is. And, you know, that's one of the downsides of having a strong players union. The, the upside is they keep the league from being way too owner-friendly, but they also, you know, fight to um, maybe prevent some institutional changes that would change you know that would change the way we treat players well there's also as i said it's just this is a simple hockey culture gone wrong thing and it 100 percent is and obviously you know the steve simmonses of the world are not going to say that well i picked a bad example even bruce arthur is not going to say this is a hockey culture gone wrong like austin matthews did something stupid but well, you know I think what? we can also – I think there's people who also use that as a crutch. Like, oh, this is just a hockey culture gone wrong issue. Well, oh, it's just a cultural thing. You'll never be able to fix it. Or, like, it's just boys will be – you know, it's kind of – they kind of turn it into a boys will be boys type. Well, I would say – but when I, when I say it's a cultural issue, I mean in the same way that I've said this sport's homophobic. It's like you can't do this stuff. You wouldn't be allowed to do this stuff anywhere else. you got to change it. That That's what I mean. You know, unfortunately, there'll be there'll be enough people to point out that, uh, you know, in a lot of a lot of stations in life, you can get away with this. If you're if you're the you know, if you're the golden goose and Austin Matthews in Toronto, in Arizona, um, at this point in his life is young, dumb and the golden goose. And this is a result of what can happen. There's also tons of other instances of people going the other way with this and being good examples and yeah that's unfortunately you know we get this stuff too but it again 
you can overcome it. It can, as long as you know, fixed. It's just a matter of people actually wanting to fix it. Yeah, and it's less, and I think it's less about the individual. Yeah, this isn't about Austin. Yeah, this is less about. Well, it's less about the individual rehabilitation and more about the institutional change that it encourages. Thank you. You're the you are the only person that has said that which is correct so give yourself a round of applause for saying something that nobody else could say and i mean whether austin should have told the team or not i mean again this is a problem that and 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 what is the outcome of this and i think it's really no he's not the captain of the team god help us all well i don't know if this you know will have any effect on captainship and well maybe i shouldn't have listened that's kind of like but you know that's recording this that's like a whole different other thing but i think what has to happen is you know this kind of has to be used as a teaching moment and you know whatever the repercussions are that the league decides there should be something and uh you know obviously some of it should be financial because that's what eventually you know players care about well, I mean, he can't be fined more than like what, like seventy five hundred bucks or something like that. Yeah, but you know, if you if you can give him if you give him you know a game and seventy five hundred bucks, he loses you know the the seventy five hundred bucks and the the salary from the game. Or, or actually, well, no, I don't remember. Think he not Austin Matthews because he makes everything in signing bonuses. Oh, well. <sighs> Well, well, there. Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, maybe, maybe again, it's a. It's a like I said, that's a long, larger systemic issue, so the focus has to be less about punishing one player and more about how do we create a system that doesn't allow it to get to this point, or, you know, so we have a precedent, so we have a uh, a way to address this in the future. And I, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, you know, in context to a lot of other misbehavior, this is less than a lot of others by star players at young ages in the off season, mature age players in the off season. And, you know, that's, I think proof that this is a a larger issue is because there's a lot of varying degrees of misconduct that, that happens. And, uh, I think Jeff Merrick once said there's dumb and there's hockey dumb. Well, this is something that qualifies. And and I, I, yeah. And I just think, you know, in a league where the salary percentages is shifting to the younger age group, we, there needs to be an institutional educational system of this is, you know, now that you're young, you have money, you're in this position. This is how you act. This is how you, you know, conserve your money. This is how you spend it. This is how you not get into trouble. And if they get into trouble, that's their own prerogative. And, you know, people make their own decisions. And there's always, you're never going to stamp it out. There's always going to be issues there's always going to be people misbehaving and, you, can, and you can fix the cultural stuff that leads to this in hockey i mean you can fix it you know in some ways you know the 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 boys will be boys crap that can be eliminated now it might need shock therapy but it could be eliminated and it, it's yeah but i mean like there's old, like when you when you have at the same token when you're playing a sport that's violent and 
um, very insular, you're just going to keep running into these problems. And like it's the types of people who end up being good hockey players and, and are driven to work that hard in hockey and to be good at this sport. Usually, unfortunately, you know, are a little wild and well, risk-taking behavior. Well, also, they're in a, they're in a system that constrains them. So when they're not in a system that constrains them, even in the free moments, they're going to go hog wild. It's what happens when you put restrictions on people and then you take the restrictions away. But, of course, you know, I'm not... You add money to it. I don't want to come off as judgy or preachy, and, you know, this is obviously something everyone has, and, you know, I'm not well, saying any one person's a bad person. No, or, I mean, Austin Matthews is not a bad person for this he made he did a stupid thing but this is not a you know an austin matthew yeah. problem. i mean it's I'm just kind of one of those things like you what was at the end of the day you have to think about it like you know given your position and who you are did you really get any material benefit from doing that that you would do it again given the chance if not you should probably re you know just incorporate well, that into your future decision did it make you look cool in the locker room if the answer to the question is no and 90 percent of the time it is no then you shouldn't have done it anyway uh that's our austin matthews diatribe for the day yeah let's get into let's uh into the panthers justin diatribe for the day no let's get into justin falk let's, oh okay let's, we can start with all the do that trade and then get to panthers. oh the, and and this is why i've been saying that the blues i think the nhl's um, marketing of the Blues Stanley Cup win is accurate, and a lot of people saying that the Blues are a good team. They're probably going to do well this year. They're in it, you know. They're a contender. They have a good core and everything like that. Uh, I think they're wrong. Um, is this trade like? I mean, this is not good decision making. Their D's worse. They just traded away a prospect. They gave this guy a huge contract. Um, I think they just got. They're they're a good playoff contender who can luck into a Stanley Cup, and that's great because it means Florida can maybe be the same thing, and other teams yes. can be the same thing, which is great for the league and uh, you know great for us. But I don't think St. Louis, if you're putting money this year, I wouldn't put them on being you know a top three team in in the West. I have, if, we're going to get into predictions later, but I'm, I was going through the math in my head. I'm like, I can't have them better than fourth or third in the division. Yeah, I mean, because you're betting a lot on this goalie. And we've well, seen that before that. with Murray. We've seen team. this with Ward. We're seeing, you know. And and future outlook, they don't have a good prospect pool. Um, they just traded away one of their better prospects. And they have Petrangelo and Shen contracts to worry about. And they just gave up a big chunk of money for a good long term with, with Justin Falk, who probably grades out to be like a fifth, sixth defenseman on their team. Let's who, you know, take a look you know, at that, actually, and see. You know uh, what I mean? Like, you know what? Probably second pair. But maybe I don't know if like second. Well, yeah, I mean, because in the NHL, you know, I could see second pair, but I could see him being the fifth best defenseman on the team playing on the second pair. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm my. I just don't like that slow today. And I mean, they have, you know, they have Costin, they have Kairou, they've got a couple of of decent-ish prospects. But you have Petrangelo, Pranko better than them. Yeah. Vince Stone better. Yeah, Vince Dunn, yep. And he needs a contract. And I, I, 
I'm gonna just say Carl Gunnarsson is better, is better especially in the St. Louis system and for fitting in with that the rest of that top four than Falk. So there, so that that's why I have him as fifth best. And you know their forwards, it's what Tarasenko are you gonna get? O'Reilly's stable. I talk about bad decision making there. Is, that's the you know, that's the place. They're 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 kings of bad decision making. Well, well, in trades, but also you know, going back to the Austin Matthews things, well, Ryan O'Reilly also yeah, ties don't, into don't that Ryan too. Ryan O'Reilly to drive throughs anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know, Alex Steen, uh, uh, Jason Swartz, uh, Hurt, Braden Shen. I'm st- I like Braden Shen. I like Bozak, but it's still a big variance in which one you're going to get. Are you going to get average lunch pail version? Are you going to get, you know, on, on a hot streak best, best he's got to offer. Um, and there's always injuries and inconsistencies that I, that I've had with those two players, parents, Sunquist. I mean, Sunquist is great, but can he replicate what they gave, he gave them? I mean, I mean I'm just don't give guys like Robert Thomas, Fabry. Those are, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure about them with the injuries and, and, you know, that's, that's the team. That's the team. And their coach isn't somebody I think I, you know, Craig Berube, I think is a lot better than he was as a Flyers coach, but is he a coach that can perennially outsmart other coaches in the playoffs and lift his team up, give him an extra win or an extra goal a series or prevent some, you know, prevent them from collapsing or, or something like that. Bring them back in the game. I'm, I'm not sure about it. Yeah. I'm not a big believer in St. Louis. Never been. I mean, I'm just not a St. Louis sports fan either. Well, just to put my Cardinals bias out there. In baseball. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one thing I'll give about the Cardinals is they had one slugger who didn't take steroids. Oh. Zach Flaherty's fun. I'm going to have to watch them in the playoffs. But uh, And now for – Sure. And now just for Ivan Barbershev is fun. I'll give him Ivan Barbershev. You'll give him Ivan Barbershev. What about – I'd rather have Ivan Barbershev than Jace Howerluck, and that's how it shook out uh, for us in that second round. So. Oh. Although, although I'll, I don't hate the Jace Howerluck pick. No. I just – obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. although it wasn't hindsight for me. But once again, I'm right in my analysis. Oh, of course you are. No shocker. Oh, no shocker. About- what about, I mean, for Carolina, they just add stuff. Like, they just have stuff. It's just, it's the way you want your team to yeah, be. Yeah, Edmondson, Edmondson's it probably if he's good or not. They got a, they've got a, a, a guy who was taken in the I think he's, a prospect he's, di- he's, you know, he's your, re- a, a, maybe a notch above replacement level defenseman. But, I mean, your top four is pretty dang good already. Would you, would you take, I mean, would you take Edmondson and uh, and Bach for Pissick? Um, I mean, hypothetically, obviously that's not a deal against no. Yes, but there's well, yeah, no way that you it, could get that for for Mark Pissick. But it does show. Know, would you take good. Would you take Edmondson and the the you know the theoretical fourth round pick? I mean, Edmondson <laughs> the makes AFA, money. the Edmondson hockey makes features more money, round. so that's like the the only issue with with. Does he actually make? Does... Edmondson makes more money than Pesek. How does there, see that's a contract that... hit for Joel Edmondson and Mark Pesek. I think Armstrong is, is a good GM and he's, he does the best in what he has, but he also gives out some contracts that make his life tougher, and that's one of them. I think yeah. he listens to ownerships about ownership about who they have to keep around St. Louis too much. 
I, I just didn't like that trade because I've never been a, a Falk fan. And so what Carolina oh, yeah, I mean, did was they got rid of Dahan and and Falk. I mean, the, the trade to get rid of uh, of Dahan wasn't like it didn't look great on purpose. But now, I mean, you add you, your top four is Hamilton, Slave and Gardner and Pesci. That's not bad. No, that's top five in the league at least. If and not they have top guys in, the, in their system that could actually work. It's like that's. That's just the Hurricanes know how to manage their roster. Yeah, I mean you have you have and also don't get married. If I'm to if I'm Florida, if I'm Florida, I'm looking at Jake Bean. I'm looking at Hayden Flurry. I'm looking at one of their lefties that is young, you know, twenty three and under, who who's about ready for NHL time. Because if, I, I'm so tired of hearing how Florida needed a. I was so tired of how Florida. He, Hearing how they needed a right shot day is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah, so tired of it because they had it. They weren't bad on it, and they've always keep trying to get it. Um, but they've neglected their left side, and you know, luckily we'll get to Stillman in a bit. He's he's overachieving with, and he's a lefty, which is which is good news. Well, also, didn't you see um, but the they they could fight? use they could use somebody to give Stillman a run for his money, someone to keep that spot competitive. And right now, it's a bunch of righties. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's Shemtich, it's Keeper, it's Pissick, it's Wegar, it's Brown. Well we, like, well, we like Mackenzie Wegar at least. Right, yeah, yeah. But these are all righties, and then you look at you know the Kanunin is a righty, yeah. and he's he's probably going to be at least a call up next year. You would Perhaps. you would think? Klayachuk um, is lefty, but he's not around for yeah. two three years. Yeah, and I think you got to be baby gloves with him because he's always played above his age group in a situation where it hasn't been good. Like, he hasn't played on good teams. He's had to do a lot of going all over the ice, having the puck a lot. So when he gets to professional hockey, he's going to need to slowly transition because he's going to have to – it's going to be a little bit – it's going to be a little bit more of an adjustment for him. Not an issue because he's apparently – very you know naturally gifted and everything and he shows it in, in a lot of spots I mean, so. So, well this is why we say when you trade Pesic, it's just because the value you'd get back including yeah, and, space just makes sense yeah. because then you give a chance to riley stillman to actually and not, play. and not only that you're not giving a chance to riley stillman to play you're giving whether it's brown keeper um you know whoever you want to be coming up and playing more on the right side um you know, because there's going to be injuries. Let's let's face it. One of their 7D is going to get injured, and someone's going to have to play. And you know, the more the more D you have that are, you know, you're just taking away a lot of ice time and limiting the value others can bring. So it's kind of a ripple effect. So let's get and, now to the actual like hockey. Even though we didn't watch the game last night, we're recording this Wednesday. Yeah, can you, do you want to have a quick talk about how? stupid geo-locking games are for this team for this well, team also, i mean like think about be, think let's about be fair to this let's be fair to this for one second most preseason games are like that for most teams now right not every right NHL but if i'm florida if i'm florida i would talk to fox sports about how much money it would cost to unlock it geo geographically because because think about it this way and and this is not anything against local fans or anything but to be a florida panthers fan and to not be a local fan you're the type of person who watching this game these games and stuff will result in 
more viewership during the season, more money spent, more excitement, yada, yada, yada. And that's a bigger market than the local market. Well, it's also hard to be a Panthers fan out of market anyway because they're never on national TV. So How hard is it to just throw up a YouTube stream? Well, there's reasons why you can't do that in other areas, but I would say but like, you when they when a, they you can remove a geo tether and I guess but you like say, when they when they do the like why not when they have scrimmages at the camps and stuff throw it up on YouTube yeah that, and on geolock it when they do camp stuff when they do that kind of stuff they still geolock it even on YouTube even through their website I I, and, I can understand why they do it for games but for the other stuff if you're gonna live stream it I would I would yeah but I think I think it'd be worth floor I think it'd be worth Florida's ownership's time to try to grease the wheels and, well, and work around it. Here's the difference. Just, would just, be, it would be just easier for It's not me. a must. It's a, it would be a nice to have, and it would be good for fan, fan success, which I think is one of the pillars of this ownership that they talk about publicly. Well, here's the thing that I would say is I can understand it if they actually showed the games on TV, which they don't. So, like, the only games that I am capable of, like, I have NHL TV. I've had NHL TV for many years. The only games that you can watch on NHL TV are the ones that are actually on television. Like, they don't show preseason games on TV. I understand why they don't, but they don't. And yeah, for that but reason, I'm saying it's 2020. Show it on something because it's not well, that hard. show to it on the app, but the problem is you can't, like, link that to NHL TV. And it's not available to people out of market, which is annoying, like... For the, for the Flyers, right. if you wanted to watch the Flyers out of market, you could because the games are actually on TV locally and therefore on NHL TV. You could watch them if you wanted to. This is not the case with the Panthers unless the other team is showing them. We, we had a situation with the game in Tulsa where there wasn't any like video footage of that game, period. So the game only happened in theory, right? Like at least last right. night there was a stream for it. Now, not every right. NHL team now, is good with it. I can, understand, I can understand going out to Tulsa. And not getting a stream, but I think when you're in your home practice rink, or in your there needs to be a stream. Game. And I I think it's a mistake that Florida does not stream training camp, Every, the whole thing. That I think it's a mistake they don't stream rookie camp, the whole thing. Yeah, I one because then you just get that footage for yourself anyway. Well, you need it. Yeah, you're right. You're already recording it regardless, so. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that they want to record or do record, and then you can do whatever you want with it, but it's good just to have anyway. And two, it's you want to do anything to better market yourself. And this is a very cheap way of doing it that you know people will do. I know that, you know that know there's why... a, as many people that show up to camp, I would say you'd at least get 90 to 100% of them to sh- that number to stream online. From, from elsewhere in the yeah, country. I can understand why it doesn't at happen least. with games, but for some camp practices, other things, I would at least do it. I can agree with you there. So in terms of the Just actual... do it a day of the, you know, if you have, you have two days, I mean, I think it's ridiculous. They still, they what they've been doing with the rookie camp lately. I think, I think when next year, I think hopefully Quenville will maybe work their way out of this or their next jam will work out of it. I want, I want to see them get back in the tournaments. I, I, I think that's, Oh yeah, those like the Traverse City. Yeah, you know. I think that's that's great for the the organization, the players, the fans. I think it's just it's there's no lose in that situation. Um, so let's talk about just from this point to what's happened in the uh, preseason. 
Uh, yeah. Games that nobody can see unless you're really, really dedicated. There was actually 9,000 people in the building last night for that game, which is higher than the Panthers normally get for preseason games. So, <laughs> and for some regular season games. Uh, in recent, well, one year. It oh, was yeah. The case. I bet you a few people just turned off the podcast after oh, that trick. Well, yeah. Thomas Strands yeah. is no longer working for the Panthers. He's working for the Athletic, but he still follows us. Uh, here's the thing. Okay, we still love you, Thomas. Continue on following. Because uh, maybe you'll be a guest on this podcast one day with Panther stories that I would love yep. to ask about. Anyway, and we we still click on the Vancouver stories and read oh, them. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's actually they actually have an interesting team to and a logo and jersey to follow. So, um, well, the heavily is Pedersen, and that's good. Uh, let's focus on what's actually happening though with this this team. They won six three last night. Again, the game's a myth as far as I'm concerned because you can't see it. But apparently, I think they're like nineteen. If you read, if you read the twitter and reddit or whatever little corner of panthers internet you want to look at um facebook i imagine was similar i just well you shouldn't look excuse me don't go there yeah absolutely but um if you looked at after last night's game the comments first after the third game where they had the two day games natural in the one in the one day and then the next day they had another game if you view the comments juxtaposed juxtaposed against each other um you would think that these were totally different teams maybe even totally different sports um and and that is the beauty of preseason and i just love always pointing out as negative and as irrational and as problematic and whatever people use to describe this podcast or me or o'brien uh our track record has always been solid and we've always been consistent with not freaking out in preseason and through the first 15, 20 games of the season. Well, I would say last year we did freak out, and, but it turned well, out. Well, I mean, right, so, well, the thing is that was because before the season going into the season, I've already decided and rightfully so that they made a mistake by not firing Bugner and switching. You were course. correct. You were correct. in um, that regard, And it turned out that again, now, Sometimes turned out, you, it turns out when we freak out, we're fine, actually right. But here's the thing. I mean, you could you could have still just fired the coach and got Quinville anyway. I mean, that's you know that's the beauty of sports. Well, anyway. um, and that would have been my prerogative anyway. So. so, well, they did it well, just one year later than you thought. Uh, in terms of, like, the games that we're referring to, that was the, the game in New Brunswick where the top line played and the top defense pairing played, and that was it. And then the game after in Montreal where the guy shot, like, 40 to 15 and still took the game into overtime. Again, it's the first week yeah. of preseason that doesn't matter. The second week of preseason does matter. You actually have a real like, roster now as like, opposed to what you had before. When players are on the ice in preseason, like I just even watch and, and just to throw it, like just to kind like of break, just to break it down for for some players. Like let's just say you're of getting dad off. You're thirty. You're thirty ish. Twenty nine, thirty, thirty one, maybe. Um, and I, yeah, thirty, perfect. Um. You've been in the NHL a lot. You've played a lot of Olympics. You played KHL a lot. You, you know, you you're very experienced. This preseason, you're doing things like trying the alternate angles in the rink you're playing with to just get used to the different angles. You're you're trying new breakouts where you're trying like, all right, even if there's traffic there, I'm going to try to force it back to the D. Or you know, you just you're working through stuff on like a different level that you would never do in a regular game like at all 
and you do this for like the first period or the first period a half or maybe even the first game just kind of like because you can because you never get this opportunity again and you either have a new system where you have to do things you're uncomfortable with and this is a good time to lean in and just pick apart um the game and then you have on the other hand a bunch of rookies or a bunch of veteran depth players on ptos or shout out to troy brower i seize you long um, live troy brower not really um, <laughs> well i thought you were give a shout out to tommy cross oh shout out to tommy cross who looked a lot better than i thought he was going to and you know i think hopefully he gets a letter in in springfield um, the springfield thunderbirds might actually be confident that he's he he's our he's our uh well we don't have colin salserman so oh, which i was about to say which, that which defenseman can we just throw which defenseman's name can we just throw around and which on the podcast and it's going to be tommy cross it's going to be <laughs> westminster martlet tommy cross that this is a tommy thing this is not a me thing by the way in case you're wondering absolutely so I'll let him go with that one. Um, but in terms of Good who's name. actually who's still who's actually on this roster, you have because we're down to I think twenty five. I don't think it's been officially officially confirmed. Twenty five. And can we talk about the fact that they're going to carry twenty two instead of the allotted full twenty three because, because of cap reasons? And basically, the cap is they would rather keep one of Sevier and Pissick for a bit. Over. I mean, I, it depends if they're saying like, all right, we're we're gonna wait till there's an injury or the first two weeks of to make sure Stillman can play in the NHL before we move Pissick. But like by November, Pissick's gone. Then all right, then this is all for nothing. But they need to carry 23. They need to carry a full lineup. They need to run 14 forwards and get them, keep their legs fresh, keep mix up the lines, throw different options together and get as much data, get as much familiarity in the system. These are 14 forwards, eight, seven defensemen. Maybe you can have 13 forwards, eight defensemen who need to learn a system, get familiar with within the system with each other and play it at a high pace and play it consistently throughout the year. So when things go wrong in the playoffs, it's well, not series over. Regular season. Yeah. Or even if things go right, because the playoffs are very tough. Like, even if things are going right, you could still need guys to step in. You can still need guys like, all right, on the road, we have to play a different forecheck, and this guy's better in this forecheck. So he needs to step in and play, and he needs to be ready, and he needs to have 30 games under his belt in this system, right? Because yeah. he's Dryden Hunt, or he's Jace Howerluck, and he doesn't have or that many even, NHL games or, or you know, whatever. Nick Toninato. Yeah, or even Noel Achari, who's new to the team, or Brett Connolly, who's new to the team, new to the system, or, and that's a double whammy. Owen Tippett, most importantly. Yeah, I mean, there's tons of tons of reasons why they need a full roster so they can milk out all the experience. Well, also, when you think about all how that much stuff. they travel every single yep, year back to backs this back is to, yeah they've got the a new lot. nhl is a whole different beast you can't just ride two lines you can't just ride in 21 22 on. yeah and if that means you trade pissick or you trade sevier so you can i mean sevier is not gonna be too much of a savings but you know it would be enough getting, to get a 14th forward on the roster right because you're you're looking at you know you're looking at the defense you know under a million yeah right like when you think about well actually let me let me explain this when it comes to cap friendly and i think that this is important 
when you look at the Panthers cap friendly page, they are right now at 22 on the roster. That has 8D and 12 forwards. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be 13 and 7. Owen Tippett's going to be the 13th forward, I would highly assume. And you swap out, you take out McCaution and, and Brown, and you place in Stillman. They'll have enough. But if, and Colton Sevier makes 1.2. If you got rid of the 1.2, you'd have enough money on your books to haul up a 14th forward, and you wouldn't have any issues with the cap. This isn't going to be like what the Leafs are doing yeah. when they're literally up against the ceiling every single day and have to do paper transactions just to stay underneath the cap. For the Panthers, they could have done this. by, And if you trade Pesic, you really don't have that problem. And it's not that we're wholly against him, but he's not going to resign here next year. You already know what a right-handed D is going to fetch you on the market. That's your Justin Falk trade, and Pesic is not Falk, but... You can get something for it in the cap space. As you said, the cap space expands as you go later into the season. And if you get rid of Pesic, then if you find, oh, we need a, a better left-handed shot D, then you have plenty of room to go after that at the trade deadline when you know they're going to make a move. That's why we've said Pesic or Sevier should be traded. And it's just, and it's also, it's like... Yeah, and it's, it's mainly Pesic. I think Sevier, I think when you're, if you're, you're looking at rookies who, you know, maybe are at eight, eight and a half thousand... Or you know eight and a half hundred thousand, and Sevier's one point two. That's not a big of a payoff, but you know Pissick's two seven and change. That's that's a decent amount of a daily because you know this accrues daily. That's a you know a big difference on the daily that you can just store up that space all through the season. So moving them early, storing up that space that can allow you to get. You know, well, a better player at the deadline. We also know that could give you means. more I mean, room for the bonus. Find out what Riley Stillman is. Like, yeah, I mean, I want to find out what Brady Keeper is. I mean, they keep hyping him up. I want to find out what Thomas Shemtich is because in every camp, he's looked good. Every, you know, the he all made the, it longer than I thought he was going to make. You know, the the, the craft the craft bill game. He was one of the best defensemen. I mean, the, I want to see what these guys are. I've been saying for for a long time. Florida needs to stop pretending with the with the forever with the evergreen minor leaguers and start transitioning these prospects that they know are going to be on the team in a couple of years or they want on the team in a couple of years, like like nothing against Anthony Greco or or Brown or well, Chris Greco's not a prospect, but right, um, but uh, well, well, actually Josh Brown isn't a prospect either. Can you can you? Can you tell that to the people who report on the Panthers and constantly refer to them both as prospects well, one, and both as well? One person works you know, for the team and the other has a lot of connections to the team. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the problem. I mean, well, we we we, 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 know we can't they, even get a list of who's actually on the team right now well, they, because they, obviously, they did cap it yesterday they did release it yesterday and once, yeah, but then they made moves and then well, they like they had but like yet. They yeah, but like yet. And they're what, nothing's stopping. George Richards, who knows who's on the team, from just tweeting out the list, and that's the issue. Well, Aaron I, Brown, who James Coop, like who? James what you can't just like tweet this shit out, like like it's so low budget at times, and so like they just don't care enough. Okay, let's let's at, focus at, on the let's focus. I just on... wish it was better because it's not that hard. Okay, let's focus on. Okay, so the extra forwards, if you don't know who they are at this point, they're Toninato, there's Dryden Hunt. And that would be your, you have 15 forwards, then you take those two away, you get to your 13 and your extra defenseman is Riley Stillman at this point, who could yeah. beat Josh Brown out to the roster. And the fact that should, Riley Stillman should, did, should, 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 
I know you Absolutely have a should. you have a you don't like Josh Brown, and we've talked about he's that. not he's not good, and they don't need more righties. I mean, that's just it's so it's like actually, and maybe maybe an old school. We we talked about old school coaches versus like new school thinking, and you know one of the old school things is handedness, but the difference here is like I think it's a little bit old school handedness thing might actually help Riley Stillman a lot. Yeah, but I mean, and it's. It's that's more of a long. When I when I look at the handedness in this situation, it's more the long term. Hey, we do need lefties. Stillman's at the age, and the way he's playing right now, he's earning All the opportunity. Seen, brief preseason moments when I've seen him yeah. play, and even last year, that one game he played, yeah. you like. There's something here that you could work with, even if he's not great. More, and you know, more so from what I've seen in Oshawa post, you know, his draft, um, it's. It's it's over. He's overachieved what his, you know, the consensus thinking of him was going into the draft and at the draft, and he's at the age he's peaking right now. And the thing is, if you don't do it, they become Colby Roback. Because you know they become Ian McOcean. This is what happens when you just kind of like wait and wait. We'll get him next year. We'll give him a couple months. Blah blah blah. He had. You have to take these risks. Year in fifty nine games yeah. with a bad you, Springfield team. If you want this guy to be on it to be a defenseman in the NHL for you for more than a couple seasons, and you want him to be a part of the solution, then you need to give him the shot when he earns it. You need to insulate him with the better players, which isn't Josh Brown, a defenseman that can't that he's going to have to carry. I mean, Josh Brown in the AHL with Stillman is 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 a different story versus you know Josh Brown in the NHL with Stillman. You want him with Uyghur. You want him with you know Pissick. If you're going to be paying Pissick, you want you would rather him with Pissick than Brown. At least Pissick is better defensively and isn't going to give up bad goals with Stillman on the ice that's going to hurt his confidence that's going to hurt his stats and have fans say oh Stillman sucks let's get him out of here you know what I mean like you got to who did he play with did he play with Uyghur in that one game last year I think he did yeah and and you know like that's this is uh, to me you want you have your top four settled and you need to figure out who they play with and you got to go with that for the first bit and and so that means you ask Uyghur hey bud like you know, you're ready. For, you're looking for a contract. You're you want to be a part of this team. We need you to drive the third pair. We need you to be a leader on the third pair. We need you to be good on the forward end in all three zones and drive the play. And this is Riley Stillman. He can play with you. He can keep up with you. He's got skills, but you got to kind of show him the ropes. Earn that money. Earn he's that pay. Good enough defensively, even in yeah. a limited and role. He's... Where I don't think I don't think that again. We're going. I'm going off exactly. of. The, the charts for Micah McCurdy, and they're really, really good, even if we're talking he's not playing tough minutes. But it's been proven, I think, in so many different kinds of reporting and, and, and studies that minutes, like who you play against, doesn't necessarily matter when it comes to these particular stats. So if, if you're good defensively, you're good defensively. And, and Uyghur last year was incredible defensively. Just looking at those those numbers, from, he was he had, he graded out better on on uh, we talked about the RAPM charts than some pretty good defensive defensemen that got a lot you know more press. So yeah, I think he and and, and I think that they could use and but the other thing and even if they move Stillman, you trade for another defenseman at the trade deadline. That that's yeah. fine and it and it, you're not you you kind of have to um, yeah. because like you know let's be honest, Florida is paying a lot of money for defenders who don't defend well. 
And yes. every defenseman on this team has a question mark of some sort of boldness, and you know, um, next to their name. And uh, it it would be a shame for everything to get derailed in a big important year because they just didn't try something. They didn't, you know, cycle enough of their defensemen up to. You got to try something. Mm-hmm. Move Pissick, try Stillman. You know, I'm okay with Brown being a seventh and not really playing. I think you can use that better. I, you know, keeper, keepers at the age where he's, you know, give him a little bit of the AHL, but you know, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta start giving these guys. Riley Stillman last night game. played with Anton Strawman for what it's worth. I mean, I I think I think you can because of keepers stunted development you you could say um and his late age you could say all right let's just give him at least a half year uninterrupted in the ahl but you have shemtich you have keeper you have the gustav burman who you just traded a seventh for who's old enough has enough nhl experience they traded future considerations for him whatever that right yeah yeah which could be a dinner for uh (laughs) there you go yeah so yeah you have you have guys that i think would be this is McCoshin, the on, on you know, you, like NHL level contracts I've ever seen the Panthers. Ethan Prowl, Ethan Prowl is probably going to put up these numbers in the AHL and you know deserve a call, you know maybe deserve a call up at some point. They are going to like, have nine guys. To okay. me, Brown is at best. Josh Brown is a guy who you call in on certain games to be a a nuisance to do something that's not playing hockey and to me that's not worth investment time that's because he's gonna be able to do that no matter what you, you can sh- throw him in the ahl you can stuff him on a bus you can put him in a suitcase for six months and then open it and out pops and he's gonna play the exact same way give you the exact same thing you know and it's gonna be marginally nhl replacement level defense mm. and a lot of punches and a lot of hits so and a lot of running about some, Let's talk about – I'm reading George Richards' report from the game last night. Um, we saw some interesting lines. He's trying to figure uh, – we know the top line is going to be what it is, and they're just great already, but it's every other line that is, is interesting. The third yeah. line last night was apparently Borgstrom, Vitrano, and Connolly. Now, I go back and I look at the line from Saturday in Tulsa, and I think the line I'm looking for it now, what it was – um, it's an interesting little line. Uh, I believe it was, where is it? Vitrano and Tippett. So what they're doing is, I think they're... Who's that center? Borgstrom. So they're trying to find people that connect with Henrik Borgstrom, and they're giving him a chance. I think what they're trying to do... And I, I could be, shooting, I could be right? way off. You, I could be way off. But this is, you know, in a similar situation, I've done this in my NHL 12 GM modes. <laughs> um, you know, but you, with a guy like Borgstrom, who's very cerebral, very flowy, very playmakery through the middle of the ice, just throw guys who like to play on the outside and who just like to rip shots. That's and what I think they're doing. I, I and you just try to funnel. You try to have the D funnel the puck to Borgstrom, have Borgstrom do a lot of the heavy lifting and do a lot of the directing and con- conducting. You know, I don't think Borgstrom needs to be the artist this year. I think Borgstrom needs to be the conductor this year of a third line. I think that's his goal because ultimately you need 
uh, personally, um, I think ultimately the Panthers need Borgstrom to allow them to move Trocheck either in a trade or to the wing, preferably to the wing. Um, and for that to happen, he needs to get very comfortable dictating, driving a line through the middle of the ice. And if Tibbet can get going, he's a guy who can skate with Borgstrom. He's a guy who can maybe even pull his own weight. I would and we've that. seen Vetrano pull his own weight in short stints. And you're hoping that the contract they gave him and you know is is just a sign of the potential to come from him and he can round out his game. Um, I, I, I think I think he'd do well too under Quinville. Would you think about just the lines? Because I mean we've seen Borgstrom primarily with, with shooters, right? Like they've paired up Borgstrom with guys who are not, you know, what you call prototypical play drivers on the wing. They're shooters. They're guys who you get the puck. Yeah, I mean puck. it's, but it's relying on one the the defenseman to get pucks to Borgstrom in good spots, and not make Borgstrom expend enough all of his energy getting pucks. Oh yeah, because the, the D aren't getting. Line, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like the D have to pull their weight even if. If you have two wingers whose main job is, you know, finishing plays, the last 10% of it, then all the other 90% either has to be done by the defenseman or Borgstrom. So you need the defenseman to do the heavy lifting so Borgstrom isn't oversaddled because that could go bad too. That could be what happened with Trocek when he was young, and then that, that led to bad habits. And, you know, now Trocek is, even though he's statistically broken out a few times and had a few good games and – you know, like few really, you know, I, I would say memorable games and, and all-star type games and even some all-star, all-star type stints, he struggled to find a consistent um, top okay. end, he tries to second do center. He tries to do Yeah, he hasn't found his, his ultimate game, the game that, you know, his what, prime. What, what does great Vincent Trocek look like in a controlled way is what you're saying. Vincent Trocek, you know, I think to me, it, at his best, is is a very good second line center. Mm-hmm. Who, who, just basically moves pucks, and is all over the ice. Or is a shooter on the wing. He has, he has to pick one. He can't do them both. And That's... I think right now he tries to do them both. Uh, okay. So, I mean, we, we, we're not quite sure I'd like to see again. What are the lines going to look like when you listen to this podcast? It'll be Thursday. So what where, do you put, like? where do you put Dennis Malgin? Where's Dennis Malgin in You know, I line? think he's been on, like, the second line a couple of times. You know, and I think, I think that's the place to put him. I, you know what? If, if they just came in right now with um, – the only other issue then is where do you put Owen Tippett? That's the other question. But – like that's why I thought Malgan was probably a fourth line winger to start. Well, it's, need to put it's somewhere. Do you want? Where do you need to put somebody who's going to control the puck? You know, you have to divide the amount of puck time on each line because there's only one puck on the ice, and there's a lot of people who want the puck. So you kind of have to be like, all right, you know, how do we divide the hundred percent of puck time that we have amongst this this forward line? And and Owen Tippett's a guy who probably to start the season and 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 probably over the course of the season, um, isn't probably a puck ragger, isn't a zone exit, zone entry guy, isn't a you know line driver. 
Um, he's a less you know, maybe, maybe he is. I could be, I could be wrong. He's got the skating and the, um, he's a big, guy, I want to say the attitude to do it too. Yeah. And, and, and the frame he helps the potential to, to really be, yeah, a kind but of I don't think he's there yet where Malgan has been that that's always been his bread and butter is even if he's not scoring, he's getting the puck up ice and he's getting it close to the middle. And if you could just harness that and pair him with somebody else. And the other thing is, do you want to put somebody who wants the puck more with Trocek, like a Hoffman, like a Malgan, where it forces Trocek to pass earlier? Yeah. You know, I think like right now... get out of some bad habits. And, you know, especially when they seem to want to just throw shooters with with Borgstrom. I personally would, would want to put Hoffman who is a shooter, so you have that checked off with Borgstrom. But I would put Hoffman with Borgstrom because he can also drive the line. And that can also... And I I wouldn't be surprised if we see that a good chunk this year. I would would start... I mean, I'm not questioning Quinville whatsoever. Um, You know, however he does it, I'm giving him long leash. I played with Borgstrom a little bit uh, in that... Craft uh, Hospital yeah. game. I'm not sure. Yeah, and I and I liked it. I I I saw. I think, you know, I don't. I could be wrong, but um, I, I think, think I saw that, that for a bit I too. Think Hoffman and, is going to play with Borgstrom at some point. George Richards says that it's possible that he plays with Borgstrom. I think that they're going to rotate them all. If they, if, if yeah, and if they can flip the lines a lot, you know, that's good because like like I'm saying, you know, I have guys slotted up in different lines depending on the look they want to do the look they want to give or what they're trying to accomplish if they're trying to accomplish you know balancing the shooters if they're trying to just load up if they're trying to just set one player up on the lines to be successful if they're trying to create a balanced lineup if they're trying to have different forechecking systems against the lines and it's it's nice that we're talking about this that this early in the season because we have a coach like Joel Quinville uh, because we have a forward lineup that's that's deeper than we've had before. Um, because usually what we're talking about is just the basic stuff. Are they even going to have like a sense of an offensive approach? Are they going to be able to put together a second line? Not which second line that they can put together will they choose or will they play most? And and that's that's a positive. Yeah. Um, and it also goes to explain why they've struggled to be successful in past years is because they're not operating on that level. And this is the NHL with a good amount of parity. And if you're not operating on that level, you just don't have a shot. Well, mm-hmm. as I said, like in terms of just, you know what the top line is, but I do think we're going to see a lot of juggling. I mean, you know that coaches yeah. like to stay with lines that are working. And that's yeah, but, but I think I think every month throughout the season – when um, you know minus Henrik Borgstrom having a ha- or you know a player being hot and having a hat trick or something like that, you know it's going to be Huberto, Barkov, Dadinov, and then as the else. first three center over the thir- first three forwards over the boards when you need a goal at the end of the game, whether it's February, October, you know yeah, yeah. that's that's probably standard. And your extra is probably Hoffman if he's still on the team. I don't think they're yeah. going to trade Hoffman. I think that they'll probably end up letting him walk, which is fine because, you know. That would uh, – and The reason if, why you do that is because you if, don't want to give him up on the on the verge of a playoff well, run. But you're not you going to be signing because you have guys you that have can to, beat that. You have to shop him. And if you can get a top four 
defenseman who doesn't play like Matheson and Yandel, who signed on a decent cap, or you know you can sign on a decent cap, and can play top four minutes for the next three to four years, yes, move move Hoffman. But that's a that's if a hard not now at this point. Yeah, but Hoffman's one of the guys who is set up to have a good year, two good years, and as a rental could possibly net that. If you're looking at a team like Carolina who could move Jake Bean for that. Well, and if you are convinced that Jake that. Bean is that, and there's a lot of people in the hot community that are convinced, and I'm not unconvinced that Jake Bean or Hayden Flurry or Clefbaum or, you know, you know, I, yeah. I I don't want to take up too I much can time. I what you're talking about, but that's a dis- but yeah. that's a discussion for later. I want to get now into more. But you know, keeping Hoffman, let him walk, is a very good use of his value. Yeah, just to put it on it. And people and people are and people are, yeah. are talking about about Hoffman in in ways that they shouldn't. As I said, like I said before a couple of days ago on Twitter, it's like if Tippett turns into a decent approximation of what Mike Hoffman is, then you you've been successful. I mean, you might not turn into yeah. Mike Hoffman, but that's fine. You could afford to let him walk. I mean, I, I don't think player. it's I don't think it's crazy to think he turns into Mike Hoffman exactly. Like I, you know, it's like, like because let you know, if we bring Mark Mike Hoffman back down to earth, he's a guy who just hit thirty goals for the first time now, right? He's a guy right. who who hasn't had crazy amount of of points either, um, and a lot of it's on the power play. Not on, not five on five, and a lot of it was on an Ottawa team that if the puck wasn't going to him or Carlson, it wasn't going to anyone because they didn't have the puck. That's also how they ran the power play last year. This is a new power play coach. If it doesn't go exactly according to plan, I could see him not hitting thirty goals. He's not a guaranteed thirty goals. It's not like Patrick Line, Ovechkin, Austin Matthews. You know, a lot of. I think Barkov is up on this level, a guy who's just going to hit 25, you know, I would say 30 goals if he plays a full season, 30 goals just because they wake up, put on their gear and get on the ice. Mm -hmm. Like they have that type of shot. I I think Hoffman has that type of shot. I don't think he can play the game enough to give him that amount of shots Mm -hmm. and to do that all the time. Let's get up to a couple of other things uh, before we start. Uh, like this is our NHL preview. Show. Here to Mike Hoffman. Not a bit, not an insult, but yes, I think that's kind of how but they have I don't to think look. People have talked it's about like, Mike Hoffman. It's like Louis Erickson. It's like uh, James Neal. It's you know, it's, well, he's on that level. Those two because he's not on a long term. Yeah, but he's hot right now. You know, at one point Louis Erickson was hot. At one point James Neal was really hot. You know what I mean? Like they were hitting for you know, and and they have, and they probably have better seasons than Mike Hoffman's ever put together. I can see that. Uh, I want to talk about a couple other things before we get into like actual like season predictions of, of things. Uh, we have to talk about the contract for Braden Point and Matthew Kachuk. You texted me something about Braden Point that I really liked. I'm going to read this now out on the air because I feel like I have yeah, to. Word for word. Word I'm for word. I'm going to read it Don't out word for word, of course, because I would not ever want to miscoat Thomas Kulikowski because uh, that's what happens. If I you... said it. I can't go back from no, it now. No, you can't go back from it, and, I, and you're going to have to back it up very quickly here. Point three years, six point seven five million. Good deal for both. Not sure he's the one C people are hyping. More just a really, really good two C, like a Trocheck who happened to break out at the right time on a dirty team. I don't think most people share your opinion on Braden Point. Okay, well let's let's start with he in his ECL all three years played on 
a top five regular season team, if not top three, if not top one regular season team, depending on the year you're referring. Mm. That is where the money's made. He, yeah, right. Let's let's not. He had forty points. He's he's very good defensively. Now the the Trocheck. When we compare him to Trocheck, I'm not comparing him defensively because he blows Trocheck out of the water. But I don't think he has the. I think Trocheck, in his career or based on talent alone, has better offensive skills. I I think Braden Point always gets praised on a shot. I think Trocheck has just as heavy of a shot, just of as of a you know a hard of a snap on his shot. Um, you know, I think he gets himself into shooting holes just as well as Braden Point. I think what Trocheck, you know, does worse is you know he just shoots more freely, but that's because well, Braden Point's a much more uncontrolled. Well, game. because he's also not you know in a very tight running system like Braden Point is, and that's the this is, this big is difference. The thing like when you go but, like, off of off of the Lightning, like you go yeah. from the line with Stamkos to the line with Point, and you're going, oh God. Right. When you go from Barkov to Trocek, it's like okay, we could take a breath right, here but a like, little bit. But are we like? Do we think Braden Point's going to be a top thirty center in the league? Top I mean, 30? if if yeah, um, yes, I would think he's a top. But 30 if so, center. we're talking twenty. If you're talking top thirty player, then I don't know about that. But top no, no, 30 top thirty center. Like, do you think he's a first line center? Do you think he he would be a first line center on most teams in the NHL? I don't think so. It depends on the situation. Like, would he, he, would like he first I still would. I would still Seattle put Easter Steven eggs. Stamkos. I would still put Steven Stamkos as as a center over him. If you're and, talking and about he, the Seattle Easter eggs, he'd be a first until line until there. he until he does it as a first line center. He's not a first line center. That you can't guarantee. I can't guarantee he's gonna be a first line center. That's why this is a good deal for Tampa because you're only paying him second line center money for three years to find out what he is. And you're probably getting the three best years of Braden Point's career at that time. Well, you're, you're that, that you're definitely right about because he's 23 and you know. And it's, a good deal, and it's a good deal for Braden Point because he could easily be Tyler Johnson 2.0. Oh, so he's or, at least getting a decent amount of chuck. Or he could be Nathan yeah. McKinnon or Barkoff. But if he believes like, himself and in three years he'd be lining up for, if he's right, $15 million. Since the cap's going to go it's, up, yes. Yeah, that, that's what you're expecting to pay for a first-line center, I think, in three years, four years. I could I could see that. And Matt Kachuk got seven mil over. Now, I, 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 and I think it was because he basically said, I want the Braden Point deal, but I have to pay taxes. There's your difference. <laughs> you well, know, Matt Kachuk is really, really quite good. He's also two years younger. He's another guy uh, who's, who's out – like I said, Stillman did. Uh, he's another guy who's outperformed what I thought he'd do. Um, I, his, I looked at some he hasn't gotten to him and My God, he's he's a lot better just defensively but than I thought I don't, he was. I think I think the results are better, but I still watch him play, um, and I don't get it. And if I'm gonna be honest, I can't believe the Kachucks are allowed to play the way they are. If I was on the ice, and I know I'm, you know, five ten out of shape and not good at hockey. <laughs> so am I, to be fair. This isn't, you know, this isn't something that ever happened. But like, you know, I I played hockey and I expect a certain type of hockey that if there's a Kachuk on the ice doing what Kachuks are known to do, especially the kid Kachuks. 
Um, yeah, that, that, that doesn't fly. I mean, there's people on the NHL who can easily take a Kachuk and don't. Like, you know, I can't believe Drew Dowdy just hasn't gone and suckered Kachuk because Kachuk suckers everybody else. Well, like, I, I mean, maybe I, I don't know. You know, like well, I, Max Domi did that. Max Domi match. would be an even matchup for Kachuk. That's more of the same weight class. But there's a lot of guys who are in weight classes above Kachuk. Josh Brown? You know, yeah, but I mean, like, there's guys who are respected, who have the clout to just put Kachuk in this place, and I can't believe it hasn't happened yet. And I hope it does. But he's not going to be on the same line as him possibly this year. Right. Well, you know, somebody's got to put these Kachuks in the place because they they just you know the same thing with like Kreider and, and Marshawn and and Shaw. Like I. I well, I think Matt Kachuk. I'm of a certain. I'm of a certain time period where you know, you, you don't let people, players get away with liberty. For a Tom Wilson, and now yeah. some of them actually found one, like Domi and yeah. Kachuk. Andrew Shaw is yeah. a far worse version of that. I mean, at least they can. Play. I don't think Tom Wilson's like as good at hockey as Kachuk is. Oh but, no, 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 no. But I mean, that like that was the thing after the Capitals. But I also wouldn't. I also wouldn't draft. Uh, even even knowing what I know now about Brady Kachuk, I wouldn't draft him fourth overall. Well, I mean, considering the way the chips. Fell He's down, more teens. He's more teens for me because at the end of the day, I don't think it holds up. I mean. He's they're just getting by because one, no one's putting him in their place. Like they just are allowed to stand in the crease. Like that's just hilarious. Um, defensemen, goalies allow that to happen. It's just absolutely hilarious. I would take the suspension just to just to end that for good. Um, and you know, this is how slow they are now, and the game's getting faster every year. I don't. I see them having a a early and high peak but you know a, a, also a early and high drop off well um, we'll check but i've been wrong on them right. i've been wrong on them full i've been wrong on them full stop from the get go so feel free to free free to harass me when i'm wrong about this in, well in it's couple. fine i mean i've been wrong about a lot of things and it's not a problem that you're wrong about this yeah. by the way but i i just still don't believe i'm just still not a believer what about another rfa contract it's a good contract it's a good contract because these all end with high year totals i mean, it's not good for the panthers who have similar type scoring young players who or might be demanding well, the same thing. Contract is but hopefully, really fascinating, but... hopefully this informs the new CBA, and hopefully they they work the owners and the NHL players work together because they see that this is the way it's going naturally. So they have to figure out a way to make it work for both of them, so this doesn't end in a lockout, and so this ends with teams not getting the cap trouble and players getting the money when they deserve it and when they don't deserve it not getting the money which is the ultimate goal okay one other rfa contract that we need to talk about how about thomas shabbat love i loved it i I, to be honest with you i i wanted to call up thomas shabbat call up his parents and be like do you not understand that there are probably 15 20 teams that would give you that exact same contract right now just hold out. That's going to be a steal. I've been a biggest Thomas Shabbat fan since it's before he was. Where non-Europeans that Tommy has a man crush well, on? Well, I mean, the Europeans in the queue. I mean, they're Frenchy. Well, so. uh, whatever. 
I thought yeah, it was it's, high, but then you look close... at what he actually does, and you go, you know what, maybe not. But, I mean, like, yeah, and he's in a place where he's going to be asked to do so much. Um, but, I mean, I think that's high for the first couple of years. But, to me, he's been one of the best rookie defensemen to come into the league. He's one of the best talented, and he fits the growing um, – the growing trend in defensemen, he's going to have a high value over all of these years. Whether he can live up to it or not is a different story, but you can easily move him and he'll easily want to move out of Ottawa. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? So it won't, it's not, there's no risk to it. And I think the only risk was Thomas Shabbat, if he took a two, three year deal would have been worth, you know, would have been one of the highest paid defensemen in the league in three or four years because he would be putting up. I think he would be a guy who could maybe get into the 70, 80 points in the right situation. Ottawa would be one of those right situations because he's going to be playing 30 minutes a night. He's going to be playing almost all two minutes on the power play. They're just going to basically do what, did what they did with Eric Carlson. Yeah, let's get some yeah. other quick contract hits in there. Uh, there's a couple Flyers ones. I don't think they were on. Yeah, we, we did not re, we have a chance to talk about them when we were. They were as them. expected. And that's the, and Provorov. Both six years, am I right? Um, uh, both are six years. It was 5.5 for Konechny. It was 6.75 uh, for Provorov. Yeah. Morrissey got 6.25. Yeah, I mean, I think the Morrissey contract, I think, bumped everybody up. I can't, like, that, like, People were talking about Thomas Shabbat's contract like I was talking about Morrissey's contract. And people, you know, were talking about Morrissey's contract like I think about Shabbat's. They were like, oh, this is great. What a great deal, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I mean, you let Jacob Truba go to sign this contract. You know what I, I mean? I don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean they're going to play Neil Like, Pinnock would have Jacob lot. Truba stayed if they just offered up this contract from the get-go? I, I think you know, like you know, like a year ago, like if this is what they were offering early, you know, to Truba, would he have just stayed? Would I mean, obviously there was off ice things that played a part into it, but maybe you know, I thought this was a good deal. You know, I I I don't think Morrissey has done anything at the NHL level for me to think that he's worth this contract yet. I think he's shown to be a good utility defenseman a good defenseman who's can get you on the a second pair defenseman basically is what you're saying yeah like you know he's a young keith yandel but there's a lot there's a lot to see just as much money as keith yandel actually yeah and 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 to me that's a problem because he doesn't at I least Keith Yandel's really, really good on the power play. Well, and and you can be like, all right, Keith Yandel's going to play 82 games every year. He's going to play a decent amount of minutes every year, and he's going to put up this amount of points every year. And then if he's having a good year, it'll be more. If he's having a bad year, it'll be just a little less. It'll be, you know, it'll be within this range less. You can't think, you can't say that with with Morrissey. No. And it's not. And when you look at the type of defenseman you're risk you're betting on. I always bet on the Ivan Provorov to people probably say like, this is maybe a little too rich for them or this is elite risky uh, for them. I think it was a little bit too rich for me just looking at the numbers. But the way better than I do. But the way Provorov's played with the defense and the team and the coaching he's played under, 
the results that don't really add up to this contract or add up to his billing, I, I can throw out because of the way he plays. It's the way I want my defenseman to play. I think it's conducive to a long, a longer prime and a longer amount of time being valuable to a franchise. He's, it's just the way he carries himself the way he moves the puck, the way he makes decisions, the way he recovers from decisions. It hasn't worked out yet, but I, just because I have more experience with the Flyers, I can, I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh-huh. Now, if this happens, you know, in the next two years, then, then I'll look, you know, I'll have egg on my face. But with Morrissey, I mean, I don't, there it's, 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 I want to get to, I mean, at, what about, at what best, about, it's not, what about Spurgeon? He got a lot of money. Minnesota's trying to keep together a core that I think had... I mean, when they brought in Boudreaux, they were pretty much trying to save a sinking ship. And then they had the Paul Fenton one-and-done one uh, yeah, disaster. So I'm not sure why they felt the need to sign that contract. Super-duper good. I think... don't want to lose him for less yes, than their value. And, and M, I think that's what Spurgeon would command as a UFA this summer. I, I, I think, you know, I don't want to say it's a bad contract and it's overvalued or anything like that, but that's not a contract Minnesota needs to be signing. They need to be turning it over. And I know that's hard to hear. I don't know how they do it with Sutter and Parisi. Maybe they're just trying to keep the playoff revenue to pay for Sutter and Parisi until they go off into the night, and I then they'll be surprised turn it if That's over. actually what's happening. Yeah, because they're not in it to win it right now. Uh, the ownership, at least, and unfortunately for Minnesota fans who do prefer the Wild over the Minnesota Gophers, that's an issue. Well, you 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 could end up watching Gophers football or basketball, which is just vastly inferior to the hockey team. Uh, a couple of other things. We didn't talk about the Marner deal, which, I mean, we basically compared it because Point got a lot less than I thought he was going to get. I mean, Marner got a lot, and I I didn't think it was going to be that high. I really did. Mitch but... Marner um, did a great service for all RFAs, did a great service for all players. Maybe that RFA is Mika Rantanen, who we don't know how Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, I think he... He helped raise the bar. He helped. Well, wasn't that Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid kind of doing the same yeah, thing? Absolutely. But, but there's a lot of, you know, you need, it's power in numbers. And the more that do it, the more you go. You can throw Timo Meyer in, especially with the way Timo Meyer's contract is structured. And we, we can talk about the last year being, you know, a certain X amount of dollars. Um, That's how a lot of these contracts are structured. Yeah. And, and you know, they all kind of build on each other. With Marner, I think the way his parents were involved was too Lindros-esque for me to be comfortable with it. Um, And I think it definitely led to a higher number because there's a lot of outside pressure. It wasn't until the end of days that Toronto applied pressure back to the Marner camp. And once that happened, you saw a lot of fan sentiment change with a, a lot of diehard Marner people saying, well, if that's what he really wants... Let's move them. And if Marner's camp's probably thinking they left money on the table, uh, they left a good size of money on the table and they had to sacrifice and they 
maybe would do things differently or would take different deal. I, I don't know. I don't want to put myself too much in their shoes. But I think, you know, Toronto on the other side is probably saying we probably gave in a little too much to get this done early so it doesn't compound the cap hit yeah. and score cap up later. And so he's in at camp at enough time, gets the preseason games, so we can win a cup now. Uh, but I think this does kind of put the knife into the long-term – Hey, this team's gonna stick. This group's gonna stick together for eight years and and be. Well, they're, you know, they're going to the model that you've seen the Penguins try, that you've seen the Blackhawks try. Like they're gonna pay a lot of money to the really high paid. Well, I, I I think this means I I think this means that those three highly paid players, one of them's gone very soon. I don't think this is a situation that exists much longer you, you're uh, the only one who thinks that but, okay. well i mean no i th- i think absolutely i mean because think about how competitive marner was right now about in his in these negotiations what's going to happen when they're they're doing these horse race competitive you know i'm this I, i'm better than this and Mar- than matthews i'm better than this and matthews and they can't negotiate how are they going to get that vindication because at some point Marner feels very vindicated that he's, you know, in this level, that he's the highest paid, you know, winger, blow, you know, off, you know, he's he feels very vindicated. A lot of that steam, a lot of that angst that built up, and a lot of, you know, that didn't need to be there, that you know, his family, his camp, himself's putting on himself, you know, that had an outlet. I, I guess. You're signed um, for a long time. You're not going to have that financial outlet. We saw some yeah. other contracts. Besser got 5.875. McAvoy got 4.9 over yeah, 3. Yeah, Besser was fine. I, I'm not a bit – I like Besser as, you know, he's a good-looking guy. He seems to be a nice, well-spoken guy. He plays hockey. I, I like his style of play, but I don't think, again, he's on that elite level. I think he's a – he's definitely a very good – core piece you look to get but i think he's more i don't want to use the word common but i think there's more of i think he's more of like a there's more of him more yeah. types of him basically more of a second tier okay uh, so that's all the signings are, i guess we're talking. yeah he's no he's no Rantanen or marner or even um, point yeah yeah so i want to now spend the last couple of minutes on this show actually talking about who we think is going to do stuff how do we think the season's going to play out? I think Anaheim's going to have a really freaking weird year, man. By by weird, you mean what? I think that they, well, one, they make a lot of roster moves every year. They are always active. They're making trades. They're doing this and that. And it's always east to west. And, you know, it's one for one. It's picks for depth guys. It's They do a bunch of different stuff. Almost, you know, to the to the day, you know, sometimes like you, you can Last feel that. Like they made a lot of moves at every single time, and it just, just looks yeah. Like and I and I think so. I think that's always something I look for getting into the air. But this year, man, I think that the way, like, I'm going in the air. Like they have to make a lot of moves. They have to do this. They have to do that. They got to have Corey Perry. That's great. But that opened, I think, the ability and flexibility to do more moves that their active GM Murray is going to so you think they're actually going to try to win when they shouldn't no no I think that they're going to use this year to rearrange the deck chairs for next year and I think next year they're going to try to go to make a run next year 
even with all those young players, I still if I had to pick them in the division, well, I'd pick I think them sixth, based on just my own thoughts. Yeah, I mean, that's ahead of that Pacific. Edmonton, that Pacific is like a crapshoot, like literally. Actually, like, it's just... it's just a lot of crap. Well, yeah, I mean it's it's why Vegas coasts coast through yeah. and is so it's well loved. I, I, even though I don't really did like you what see those ESPN power rankings for the next three years? Vegas was third. They don't have the third. greatest prospect pool, do they? Yeah, they don't have the greatest team. I mean, like we're we're talking about Nate Schmidt being like a big part of their Shea defense Theodore, and stuff. Shea Theodore, but Shea well, Theodore, I think Shade he's good but overrated. He's not like a number one or a number two. He's no, just no, 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 no. He's just good for getting an expansion draft. And that's what a lot of, like, the hype is. It's couched in good for expansion, blah, blah, blah. And they've had success. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it's just kind of the luck of the situation and they've just it caught lightning in a bottle and the bottle they've got is just conducive to electricity and and keeping it alive i don't i don't know what they're doing they don't but have the it's same not depth that they it's had not before. an on paper for me oh, and for a lot of people on paper in the west uh in the pacific at least i don't know if they're the best team on paper in the west but they're the best ESPN said over the next three years they're positioned to be the third best best in the west i i would i think i mean i have them i have them like they're doing really great for an expansion team. I love them. They're great. They're so good for hockey. I'm not trying to shit on them. But they don't have the greatest cap situation. I don't fully trust their management. I like their coach, though. Um, their prospect pool is iffy. Their best prospect, I think, their second best prospect, I think they traded away, Brandstrom. Um, and they're in a win-now mode. But I don't think they can win. I don't think they have... A player like who I don't think Stone's the type of forge you build around to win a Stanley Cup. I don't think they have a defenseman you build around to win a Stanley Cup, and I don't think Flurry's the same Flurry who's a goalie you can build around to win a cup. They don't have a that type of player. And I, I think you need that. Um and I don't think they have anyone that can step up and be that type of player. That's an interesting I mean I still have I don't, I don't get it. Like I and you know, hey, I don't give a kachucks and I've been proven wrong. I you know You can be proven wrong about I've, Vegas. I've again. gotten a lot about the Flyers and, and Panthers right. I know. Uh I wanna go with the, our our predictions for the Atlantic, the only division that matters. Um but I don't think there's really anything, right? That that, that, that would, would, would change much in this way right i I mean i mean it's it's always health and and it's when the bug hits does it hit when they're in the hard part outside of yeah uh... i mean like you could you could have a lot of games at home where you're playing teams that aren't in the playoff picture and that's like the week that you lose ekblad or that's the week you lose somebody or that's the week your power play goes dead but you can still pick up points you can still pick up wins but like if that's just timed with all right, that's when we play Boston twice and Tampa and Montreal, and we go out west for a road trip. Then that gets then, and you don't pick up enough points where you need those points, and those points are like double points if they're in division. Um, that's that's where it can get a little iffy, and that's why I always like I hate predictions before like the twenty game mark or the even the ten game mark, just because a lot you know Hubert could get his Achilles cut at West Point or, you know, you know what I mean? Like if Bob gets hurt, doesn't go off to a hot start, that could be the playoff position for the Panthers right there. 
mm-hmm. if you know and i don't want to build in excuses because they you know then it's the gm and the team's job to to react to that respond get better and overcome because it's playoffs are bust i mean they need to make the playoffs this year and there's no, oh, well, this is a point total that usually makes playoffs, but it's just a good division. We know it's a good division. You know going into the year it was a very but, good but division. But you play That's Ottawa your four job. times, you play Detroit four times, you play Buffalo Absolutely. four times. And you, and you, you have to hammer them. Games, you have to win points. Yeah, you have to win those. You can't be getting an you can't be getting shootout wins against Buffalo. In bu- in you know in Buffalo, you well, got to go into Buffalo. Recently, so that's okay. You have to go into Buffalo. You have to play a good away game and pick up two points in regulation, and walk out of there okay, because that's what you need to do. I thought this was soccer for a second. I said twenty-seven mm-hmm. points instead of eighteen. Right? Yeah. Oops. I mean, that's how the NHL should structure their then, points: yeah, three for regulation win, and then you can have a. But if you if you're going in the in the Atlantic, are you having them fourth? Because that's where if I got to put everything. I on have. The table, I have them. I have them fourth, and I think Toronto's third, and they can beat Toronto out. I think they Toronto's you beatable. Don't, you I think don't like the Leafs as much as other people do, and I can understand why. It's because, it's because I don't think Babcock is the Babcock of yore. I don't think he has a handle on that team, and I don't think the defense is there to— My biggest worry is they're going to burn Frederick Anderson to the ground. Like they're just gonna yeah, burn I mean, him crisp. But that's that's part of the, the the Babcock thing. I don't think this is a Babcock that can juggle all the things that need to be juggled to guarantee that they no matter what happens are above the Panthers. I think well, the Panthers well, but here's the thing, like would you rather take... play Boston in the first round or Washington? That's another, um, that's another I don't I'm not I'm not that's the difference. I'm less scared of teams in the playoffs than I am in the regular season. I think the Panthers, especially because of the way Huberto, Barkov, and Dadunov play, and their goalie being one of their best players, I think they are much better suited for the playoffs in the regular season. And the grind of the playoffs is what they're aiming and focused on versus the grind of the regular season. I think they have to get through the grind of regular season, pick that up, learn how to deal with it, but everything they're building towards and the way they play is postseason success based. And so when we're talking about Boston, Toronto, uh, Tampa. Tampa, it's whoever. Just give it to me. I'll take them. I'm not worried I about that. I'm worried about great I'm worried about getting. I'm worried about leapfrogging one of those teams in the regular season to guarantee that divisional spot and not losing out on wild card because. You know, the Metropolitan are just all going to overtime and everything's a three-point game and you just get screwed because of the math, because of the weird math. And it's the, this is this calendar year that you play less against the other division. Or, you know, like that weird shit. You know what I mean? Like it can get – when you're when the parity is down are, to, are to, to two to three points, like when you're when you're when when things are coming down to two to three points in the last, like, you know, month, like weird shit gets – can throw that off. And when you're talking about a wild card, it's not up to you. You don't want to be in that position. And so what they need to do is get through the regular season with luck, with bounces, with making all the right moves so they can get above Toronto, get above Boston. Because then you're asking for Boston. You're asking for, like, Bergeron to get hurt. You're asking for Char to feel his age. You're asking for Rask 
to to have a down year because you put it all out last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're asking for things to happen to other teams. Um, and I think that's the position they're in. They're chasing the bubble unless something happens. They're uh, always going to be a team that is is a bubble team. They're not going to I don't run think out. so. I, I don't think so. I think Florida, this Florida Panthers team can be a, a dynasty team. I am not – I am 100% serious. I think this could be one of the best NHL teams of our lifetime over the next couple of years if they do it right. You have one of the best players that you're going to see in your lifetime on your team under one of the best contracts you're going to see in your lifetime. You have a goalie that's just won two Vesnas. You have one of the best coaches you're going to see in your lifetime all coalescing against a team that isn't under a lot of pressure. The players can just focus on themselves. You know, they they should have the money. You know, that's what they keep saying. I, I they got to they got to do something with it because they have that potential. Mm-hmm. And they're geared for the playoffs. But Rofsky, you know, is a big save, big moment goaltender who's won Vesnas, and if you can harness that, you can harness Joel Quenville's winning record. And it's not like he's too old to win; he, he's he's got much more to go. Well, I mean, you hey, got Barkov. Makes everybody feel better. Yeah, and you got Barkov, Huberto, and the they just got to figure out the defense, and they just got to keep, and they just got to get luck, and they just got to not make stupid trades like they got to navigate this expansion draft a little better they gotta you know i mean well at least petrovic still at least petrovic's still getting nhl contracts you know did he get an nhl contract uh it seems that he was gonna get one in boston yeah and that's a good team in boston picking him up and saying he's useful yeah what okay no that's what i heard so on twitter and and i still believe that petrovic is a better player than josh brown to this that day. I can buy. That I can definitely buy. But obviously, Petrovic wasn't wasn't happy to be in the same position as Brown's happy to be in. So that's why he left. That's Strong totally. Fair. Let's go no, through some other quick things just before we uh, wrap. Yeah, let's wrap here. it up before. But I'm I'm sure a lot of people are probably still saying, "What you really think this Florida Panthers team could be a dynasty team?" Yes, I think this Florida Panthers team. I think they could win three cups. I think they can win three cups in five years with this team. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Bold statement, and let's see if it works out. I want to get just other quick I mean, predictions for you. If Denisenko's how he is, if Knight how is how he is, if Borowski can at least throw you three good years, if Barkov stays healthy, if Huberto stays here, if Trocek gets his gets his head out of his ass, <laughs> if Ekblad finds some muscle in his ankles, that's a lot of ifs. Math, if Matheson stops overthinking things. Yeah, but the, the talent's there and the opportunity's there, and the, the, it's not—they're not under threat of being broken up. Unlike Toronto, unlike Carolina, who has a lot of weird money in places. I mean, the money where Florida has—that's not good. I mean, Matheson's is livable. It's basically at Ekblad's livable. It's basically can they navigate Bobrovsky and Ek, and and Yandel, and if they can, they're fine. That's it. That's all they have well, to worry about. That's when the, when compared the, to everybody else in the cap league, where the hardest issue is working around the cap to to acquire talent. Florida's got that, especially up front where goals is currency. I'm not worried. They just have to execute, make do, which is the hardest part. I will admit, but they have. The I'll just make playoffs. How about that? Make the playoffs this year, Florida. Out of out of all NHL teams, I would say, and ESPN said they were like 15th or something in the next three years. I would say Florida's top eight, top eight best position teams to win at least one cup in the next three years. 
All right. Uh, I want to get quickly. It's I, I would go. I would go even more, but not on the. Re- I, you know, I've already. You don't want to say what you actually think because you're worried about the hate you might get on Twitter. Um, yeah. If that is, if you were on Twitter. Uh, anyway, uh, one other thing I want to do before we leave. Uh, who are your eight playoff teams in the East and the West? Just very quickly, you could just rattle them off. Who are those eight teams? Uh, well, I mean, the divisions. Uh, I'm going to have to. Okay. okay. I'll, the Metro, Metro is going to be Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, Washington. Pittsburgh, Washington. I'm trying to think of. Carolina. I could see it being New Jersey. Carolina or the Rangers. I cannot see the Devils making the playoffs. I cannot see the Devils making the playoffs. Okay. I just, um, I just don't I just don't see it. I think that the Rangers I think, have a little bit more right. Now. I think it's going to be four and four, and I do think the Panthers get into the playoffs. As I seven said that eight. the Panthers are the seventh team. I said that repeatedly, and I still say that. If I had and to pick, right I think now, it's I think it's Tampa, Toronto, Boston. That's my in order that in, the, in the Atlantic too. Tampa, Toronto, Boston, Florida, Montreal's contending in the. In the in the metro, but if any of those three teams would slip, I think Toronto is the one that slips. I think it might be Boston because of a cup hangover, but uh, I, I mean, I, I they I just always Toronto's... they just always get it done in the regular season. That is also so. a good point. Um, in the metro, so does... I've got Washington. Pittsburgh's going to make it because they still got Crosby, Malkin that are healthy. I think Carolina makes it back. They've just made good moves and they have enough. So who's your wild card in the East? The the two wild cards would be Florida, and I was struggling between Montreal and the Rangers. You know, those would be the two. I can't see the Devils making it. They don't have enough depth. Their decor isn't good enough at this point. I don't trust Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, Columbus I'm is just, still goaltending. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say... You're going to say the Flyers? If if Giroux and Couturier and all, and say he's healthy, and if the Niskanen and Braun trades actually did add value, they could be Which fine. Which they didn't, but... And, you know, because they have the full year of carry... Carrie, or Carter Hart, not Carrie Carrie Price. Carrie Price, who is actually Carter Hart. Uh, I can't yeah. see the Flyers because it's just mediocre to me. Um, uh, I mean, go with just that. takes bounces, just getting into, you know, getting that many loser points, you know, winning the extra loser if point and put, stuff like that. If I had to pick it, I'd pick the Rangers. I'd pick the Rangers as eight and Montreal would be nine. Because Montreal doesn't have a center. That's the biggest problem. At least the Rangers have centers. Well, it depends on how you think Kaka and Yemi is going to be. I just, I, I like, but he really fell off at the end of last year. He, he, he struggled at the end of last season. You're hoping yeah. that's his sophomore slump already gone, though. I mean, it's possible. <laughs> I guess Ryan Suzuki could have a really good uh, Ryan Suzuki, Nick yeah. Suzuki, excuse me, could have a really good. Yeah, he's not year. that, not that good though. But I'm not. I, I mean, like, you're I right. Still, you're don't right. trust the centers, and absolutely I like right. Dad. That's you know, you can't trust their forwards. That's. That's been Montreal's issue since they were they in the playoffs. They played as best as they could possibly play last year, and they still missed the playoffs. So that's that's why I think I'm I don't think they're going to make it. Uh, how about I, the last? I, Very briefly. Um, before we go to the last, Buffalo Sabers are projected to be over the cap. So just want to point that out. Oh, oh. I don't know how much real dollars Pagula is spending, but I'm sure he can't be happy about the outlook, the forecast of the season when he's projected to spend this much. Oh, um, yeah. Out, they are out west. Out west, I mean Pacific's mm, Vegas, uh, Calgary, San Jose, and guess who I have making the playoffs? Because maybe this is just a want and not an actual like they're going to make the playoffs. The Yotes. Yeah, I want Arizona in. I'm picking could, to make it. Does if Kessel can get thirty-five? Oh, I, I can see it. Please, please, Phil, get the Rick Tockett stuff. You don't have to worry about people trying. Oh to yeah, I can have a good stands in Arizona. 
go How Coyotes. do you feel about Anti Ranta? You know, I, it, I it thought that it. last year they were really good I think, defensively. I think the cent I think the central throws five though. You into, do? Yeah, yeah. Do you I mean, think Winnipeg does get in? I think the Central is the second best division in the NHL right now. I think that the top three best teams in the East are in the Atlantic. The Metro's the most balanced division. The Central's got really good teams in the Pacific. It's just, I mean, there are good teams at the top and then utter trash at the bottom. I mean, Central, I, I think Nashville is a wild card team. I you think, think Nashville's Col- a wild card team. Yeah, and I think Dallas is the other wild card team. I think. So you have your top three would be I guess, Colorado, St. Louis, and Winnipeg. Because I can't imagine you think the Blackhawks or the Wild are making the playoffs. Uh, I, I, I think the Blackhawks make the playoffs. So who misses then? I mean, Blackhawks, Blues. So Blackhawks are in. So you have if you have the Chicago in in the top three, and you've got St. Louis and uh, if you've got Dallas and Nashville as your. So I would guess that means you would think the Jets would finish like six then. Yeah, I'm not a big Jets fan. I mean, well, I'm, I'm not either. I don't think they're making the playoffs, but I can't trust the Blackhawks. Who, who you thought the Panthers couldn't defend last year, the Blackhawks couldn't defend last year, and they fixed that by adding Calvin DeHaan and Olimata. I, I, I have a hard time believing they're getting in. I, all right, I. I'm going four and four. I always. I see it. I see what they're doing. I see what they're doing, and I think they still have. I think they'll be fine. Um, I see what so, they're doing. So that that's. I, I would go with Nashville. And I think I think Nashville I think Nashville underperforms and that's why I have them as well. I think they underperformed last year. I think Nashville could easily just be a division team and Chicago could be the team that barely gets in on the I think well, that, I think I think it, that, you wouldn't that you wouldn't think that's too crazy. If so. I did an order I would do Nashville, Colorado, Dallas, St. Louis would be the I think order. I think Nashville's a little bit of a paper tiger. I think they've made some poor decisions. Tolvanen got sent down again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, How many they just can't. Fins do we have in the NHL right now? Like uh, just a ton. Or unsigned, mismanaged or unsigned. Line A, I mean, Yuya Levy. What What do you give up for Line A? Because oh. I mean, like, like to me, That's there's like hard. four players I don't trade for Line A. That's it. Bark. Well, obviously you're. Trading but like line to a, me, play him with Barkoff. If I'm Florida. I am calling Winnipeg at least once exactly. a week. Having having honest, I would trade Trocheck. I, oh, I would trade Trocheck and Matheson together. I, you know, like and a well, first and tip. Like off, I just, that would be I would unbelievable. just unbelievable. Like like to me, Patrick Line is getting Barkov's best friend and getting them together, saying, "Hey, let's sign some contracts. Let's you know, let's make sure we're all in this together." And you know, Huberto. Barkov line A. line A a line would just be the end of every the end of everything. Borgstrom, Denisenko, so and then you just set on forwards, and then you just have to, then you just rotate and your then, you know, depth then, guys. Then you you pray that Riley Stephen becomes the second coming of a good defenseman. Right. I mean, well, I, I mean, think they have it, better I prospects. The, I don't know what a Riley Stillman like. just has to become an everyday defenseman. That's all he has if, to if do. The Panthers. I mean, I if I'm the, if you know what if you're going to trade line A, I'm if you're the Panthers. I don't know how you don't even think about. I don't know how you don't even think about it because you have to because you're putting him with his best friend and you're putting yeah, line A I mean, in a place it's, where there's it's no. It's one pressure. of the only. It's one of the only players. Last thing to say about it, it's one of the only players that has 50 goal potential. So. That's a no-brainer for okay, me. You put you put and the league's best players would I, with. I would trade Hoffman a first, Tippett, Matheson, all in one package for Mane, I and then sign a big happen. contract. You know, I, I 
I'm a Bolani believer. I mean, I think oh, that's I'm pretty a obvious. Believer too. I 100% am. I, I, I would love to know what that trade would look like. I think the Jets will work it out, but you know, this is just boy. This, this lining stuff is bizarro. Okay, next uh, week on the look. show, we're going to have one of our, as we talked about, every other week, we're going to have a guest. We haven't planned out who that is yet. Gonna, you will stay yeah. tuned for next week. And then in a couple weeks, we'll be back. We'll actually have, you know, real games to talk about. Multiple real games to talk about. Yep, should be fun. I'm really looking. Thanks, I, I, for, uh, thanks for listening. Are, the games are, by the way, Tampa, Tampa, and Carolina by the time we talk to yeah. you next. People, okay. they, they got the schedule by now. They, they got it. Oh, do they? Tampa, 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 Tampa. It makes it's sense. Just, just, they're going to play the Lightning forever and for always, including into the playoffs. Good night and good hockey. Thanks for listening. <laughs>